We've had a couple of days break. There's been a lot of wrestling, not in New Japan, in other places. And one of the other places was AEW, uh, which is AEW Dynamite. I have actually seen the opening match for AEW Dynamite and a couple of the other matches as well. Um, and it was outstanding work. I have to say, well done to that organization. Um, particularly love the opener, which of course was Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And it's a good job. They actually do that a good job of quite of putting those big matches on early to make sure that, you know, the other matches have time to breathe and no one's like overly anxious about um, going on, you know, all the other stuff drowning out what's going on in the match. Having said that, how do you top Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega? Even CM Punk said, boy, am I glad I'm not wrestling tonight. <laughs> so, you know, it was uh, it was, it was was a good show. But let's get to the meat of the matter. Now, the big news from the New Japan G1 Climax tournament this week was that Tetsuya Nato has withdrawn from the tournament with a broken leg or a severely injured leg that requires a lot of treatment after his match with Zack Sabre Jr., which, of course, queued up Zack Sabre Jr. to take credit for getting rid of Tetsuya Nato from this tournament in a kayfabe heel kind of way. Um, and that kind of set the tone for the evening, which was a very L.I.J. Suzuki Gun affair. But we started the match, actually, the show off, actually, with Yuji Nagai versus Tangaloa. Um, obviously, with Nato not being there, they need to fill up the evening with matches. And so... What they did was they've drafted in uh, some of the third-generation veterans to have a G1-style match with the people who aren't wrestling that night. So Tangaloa had a night off. He was due to wrestle NATO. Um, but rather than do that, he wrestled Yuji Nagata in a pretty respectful, straight-up wrestling match. Tangaloa is trying to go through his tournament without cheating. He's trying to do it properly. He wants to take some pride in what he's done. And to be honest, he looks better for doing it. He's He's made him look like a... Um, uh, a guy who really wants to get the job done rather than someone who's there to make up the numbers and this match with Nagata who he has a great deal of respect for um, outside of the ring and has been very vocal about that they had a cracking match this was a lot of fun to watch 15 minutes and 35 seconds Nagata can still go and you don't get to see him in these big matches very often so it was nice to see him get it together and have a good match with someone who wanted to go with him and thoroughly enjoy himself in the process. Um, and as a result of that, I thoroughly enjoyed this too. And it was just solid, a well-organized match that had a lot of things going for it. We even got to see the Nagata Lock 1, which we very rarely see these days. He very rarely pulls it out. And basically, Nagata was having a crack at Lower's knee. And it'll be interesting to see if the rest of the tournament is affected by that, because he put a lot of pressure on that knee in those matches, and it was very much fun. Then we go to the first block match of the night. Great Okan versus Toriyano. Last year, Yano tied... Oh, it was early this year, wasn't it? Where Yano tied Okan's hair to the uh, barricade. And there was been an on-again, off-again feud between the two ever since. The braid that was cut off to get out of that was used in this particular match as a revenge piece. It went for 11 minutes and 30 seconds... It was kind of a bit more the typical Toriano match, to be honest with you. It was more about trying to get over Okan as a killer and a vengeful killer at that. Um, it was a lot less comedy and a lot more straight-up wrestling. Fair bit of comedy because it's Toriano. When we got comedy Toriano, we didn't get GBH Toriano. So it was it was good. I enjoyed it for what it was. 11 minutes and 30 seconds. It was, it was pretty good. You know, it wasn't dreadful. 
it was all right, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and it was watchable, but it wasn't, you know, tear trees up or anything. In fact, to be honest, nothing on this card was really, really great until the last match. Kenta then defeated Yujiro Takahashi, leaving them both on two points. Because um, they both won a match and they both lost a match. Obviously, everyone gets an extra two points because of the, the NATO not being there. So after the first block match, Greto Khan was leading the block on four points. And Toriyano was on two points um, because he lost the last... Uh, no, he won the last match. I'm not sure if they've added these in or not. Greto Khan's won two, so he's on six. Toriyano's won two, so he's on four. There we go. <laughs> I've won one and then beat NATO by default. Kenta again has won one. And Yujinoni Takahashi, he's won one. So they're on four each. And it was 15 minutes and 48 seconds of Kenta versus Yujiro Takahashi. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I could have managed uh, 15 minutes and 48 seconds of Kenta versus Yujiro Takahashi before this tournament. But Big Huge has come in with some big matches. Big match Yujiro. He's done a job. And this match was interesting. At first, he refused to, to, to sweet Kenta. He wanted to have a serious wrestling match. And they set about it. And this is the best version of Yujiro Takahashi we've seen in about 12 years. So these things don't come along often, often, folks. Make sure that you see this. I'm going to have a drink of coffee now. Oh, I've had a long day. <laughs> and to keep moving with this long day, Kota Ibushi versus Tomo Ishii went for 17 minutes and 42 seconds. We have not seen them go long for quite some time. They have a tendency to have hard-tasting matches, which by their very nature tend to be short or shorter. They've been at it for a while, because Ibushi was a challenger to Ishii when he was never open weight champion in the crossover of that division. Um, and though Ibushi has achieved greater heights, Ishii has been in the main event for a lot longer. So they come at things from a different kind of perspective. And this was a bit scrappy, to be honest with you. Ibushi's kind of thing at the moment is he hasn't quite got his act together. Because he's not the crisp, clean, professional wrestler that he has been in previous months and certainly during his IWGP Heavyweight Championship run. Ishii's Ishii. He only wrestles one way, and when he does, it's brilliant. So it's kind of you build things around what Ishii does, and Ibushi just couldn't do that in this match. It wasn't awful. It was still exceptionally good, but there was a lot of missed spots, a lot of looking scrappy, a lot of un-Ibushi likeness. The crispness was not there that you expect from Kota Ibushi. Or the DDT generation of wrestlers at that point that they all are. There is just a Christmas that's not there at the moment. I don't know where it's gone. I think his time off may have not helped. But it just didn't look like... You know, it's difficult to kind of get a handle on what Ibushi's doing. He lost to Yujiro in a good performance. And here he loses to Ishii in a, a very good performance. But it's still not Ibushi-like levels of greatness. Nor is it Ishii-like levels of greatness either. So, yeah... Delivered, did what it needed to do, still exceptionally good, but not as good as I thought it could be, which is asking a lot, because the expectations for those two to have matches is just so high. But it just looked a bit scrappy in spots, that's all, I think. And I maybe just, I'm spoilt for good wrestling at the moment, but there we go. The main event then, left us with Zack Sabre Jr., and he defeated Shingo Takagi, the world's heavyweight champion, in 27 minutes and 17 seconds. Couldn't it fine towards the end? The story of this match was, of course, Shingo was seeking revenge for his stalemate Tetsuya Naito, whose leg Zack Sabre Jr. broke at the weekend. Zack Sabre Jr., in return, 
trying to get revenge for his loss in the WXW 16 Garrett Gold Tournament in 2009, where Shingo destroyed Zack Sabre Jr. in 10 minutes, according to the commentary team. And this was a really interesting chess game of a wrestling match. Shingo tried to outpower Zack Sabre Jr., and Zack took what was given to him and had a counter for everything. It looked for a long time like Takagi was really kind of laying it in thick and trying to outpower Zack, but slowly but surely, very slowly but surely, Zack, surely, Zack managed to take control of the match, take control of the narrative, and ground away at Takagi. Wrestling in that British style that would make Jim Breeks proud, <laughs> to be fair, it was very heyday Jim Breeks, it was very annoying, aggravating wrestling. I love to watch them two wrestle. Of course, yes, Brian Danielson also challenged Zack Sabre Jr. this week because, and I quote, I'm only the second best Brian Danielson in the Wrestling Observer Award. I can't even be a good Brian Danielson. I need to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr., who finished first in the Observer's Brian Danielson Wrestler Technical Wrestler Award. Um, yeah, so that's, that was interesting. It was, it, But again, he's now got bigger fish to fry. He has a World Heavyweight Championship slot shot to take against Shingo Takagi at some point in the future for that big, ugly gold belt, which might look good around his waist. Uh, a little massive around his waist. He's tiny. But yeah, it was very, very good for what it was. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think we could probably see more. I think there was enough left on the table, and there's enough strategic elements to make it more interesting. And that was today's uh, G1 Climax show. There's only five matches, so my review is quite short. But there you go. I'll be back tomorrow when I've figured out how to watch all the matches and the amount of time I've got. So it'll probably be quite late on on Friday night by the time I get it all finished. As I've got to go paint the house this weekend. You'll probably hear from me over the weekend as well as there are more matches this weekend. And of course you'll have the Troopity Show on Friday. If you want to go back in the archives this week, we have the archive show from the Wrestling Rewind looking at The Undertaker's Streak. And of course we have the show that I did with Marcus about Ring of Honor. That was on Monday, so go back and have a listen to them. We'll be back tomorrow with more Today at the G1. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Tomorrow, in fact. Bye. Bye.